Hello, race fans, and welcome once again to another high-octane episode of Trackside, proudly presented by Document Technologies. Document Technologies provides a comprehensive range of managed solutions, including multifunction devices, managed print services, and document management software. They're also known for their fast service, boasting an average response time of two hours or less, and offer high-quality product multifunction devices alongside document management and cloud hosting software. Stay tuned, racing enthusiasts, because the action starts right now, right here on Trackside. Okay, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are glad you're with us on a Friday night. I'm Terry Turner alongside Dad, and Dad is Randy Dye. Hi, Dad. How you doing? (laughs) Did you make it through trucks, Xfinity, all the stuff that happened, all the movement around? Wow, what a speed week. Are you okay? Yeah, it was, uh, man, action packed, just full of, uh, you know, the, the calendar was full of uh, social events, race, all, all of those uh, racing related. And then, of course, the on-track activities were uh, a bunch. And, uh, and then Mother Nature got in the way, and we, uh, uh, you know, had to extend. And then we had the drama of... Um, of having to qualify for the Xfinity race and, you know, not having enough, not having any points because we didn't race the Xfinity series last year. And, uh, so we had to go to the Daytona race with no points and we're standing there. And I, I don't think I checked the weather that much, even when a hurricane is coming. And, uh, you know, they finally, there was a window of opportunity where it opened up and we were able to qual- get the qualifying, in for the entire field and we made the race so yeah boy there was a lot going on uh, no doubt and uh uh it was tough uh you know it's tough to to wait on things that you don't have any control over you know that's just the way that it goes there's just nothing you could do that uh, that the, i think nascar did a really great thing by uh, uh, adding the uh, uh the arca race after the truck race that opened the entire Saturday up, uh, and then, of course, we got rescheduled for the uh, after we qualified. We got rescheduled for the Xfinity race um, at, at Monday at eleven o'clock. Well, that rain lingered, and uh, you know they didn't want to mess up the Daytona Five Hundred. Completely understood. We didn't race until nine o'clock Monday night, or a little bit later, and we got done about twelve thirty. <laughs> It was just a long speed week. I think it felt like speed year to me, but that's okay. Well, you know, we've we've seen this many times. We had lots of rain for trucks last uh, last year, and then it got beautiful. So, so yeah, definitely. You know, both of us being uh, somewhat retired athletes, things like that mess with your concentration a little bit, don't they? I mean, as a race car driver, as a baseball player, it would me and I've you know we've been in tournaments and stuff where you had to postpone, but it's got to jack with your with your concentration, especially you know for Daniel having to qualify for Xfinity and all that had to be a little rough. And then before and I'm gonna let you say this, but I'm, I'm gonna say this too. I was a, a fan of Rajan Kruth. He's an ex team member from last year, but I don't like him anymore. Um, Daniel Daniel definitely had a, a top ten there anyway. So I'll let you comment on all these questions. Well, I think. Um... You know, I think the thing that uh, that I 
would say to you is, is, is yes. I mean, athletes prepare for competition um, for sure, and and you you kind of have a whether it's a playing a baseball game, uh, you know, a pregame routine, or uh, you know, for me, well, I played baseball and played golf and tennis and lots of other things that were high, you know very highly competitive, uh, and you go you get ready. Uh, I when I raced, there was a pre-race routine. And it, and um, the the thing that's important when these uncontrollable events, the weather being being uh, primarily the the one we're talking about, you have to have enough uh, control to okay shift gears, get out of preparation mode, let's go into wait and see mode, and then once you get the word, then you got to re-prepare. You, you can't abandon the pre-race preparation, you've got to get yourself uh, mentally prepared again. So uh, maybe, in a, maybe in a shorter window of time, but you've got to get it done. Uh, otherwise, you're 100% right. I mean, you lose focus, you get distracted by all the, the delays, and then you're not ready when the time comes. So I think the key there is having the ability to adjust, but don't just go get in the car. You've got you to prepare all over again. Yeah, exactly. No doubt about it. Well, we're certainly uh, certainly proud of Daniel Dye. He did great in the truck race uh, to go through everything he did, have to go through to get prepared for Xfinity. I'd say uh, he came through like a pro, Randy. Well, I appreciate it. You know, I do think uh, we showed, uh, Daniel showed his competitiveness. Uh, he was, I, in that, in that green-white checker uh, overtime truck race, that outside line was going to be the, the way to go. Um, and uh, I would tell you that I feel confident in saying this, and, and it's uh, you know it's it's tough to, to to accept this. We end up finishing 21st. Uh, without that wreck, I think it's it's no worse than third. It might have been better than that, but no yep. worse than third. And and so you know your your comments about Raja. I think um, what happened there. Uh, you know, Bubba Wallace went out, and and uh, uh, by all accounts and reports, it's pretty clear that he he uh, he spoke to Raja about this 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 style of racing. It's not the first time it's happened, but you got to remember something. Raja's still really, really uh, green, as is Daniel. I think yep. if you think about where Raja came from, you know, he came from the world of um, i racing and. So it's not as maybe as serious uh, when you do some of that stuff, and uh, I, I, I can tell you that there's there's not a mean bone in Raja Karu's uh, body or mind, uh, and certainly not in his heart. He's a he's a good guy, and uh, a good guy who I think, in the heat of the moment, made a mistake, and um, and and you know ends up being very costly. To a bunch of people uh, in, in in the end of the race, uh, I would also say though, however, and I'm going to you know this is where we, <laughs> we might have, have an interesting discussion. But one of the things that you we all know about our sport is we do these green white checkers. We go into overtime, and there's rules for going into overtime and how all that's conducted. I'm not so sure that at um, restrictor plate races the speedway races 
uh, primarily, Talladega, Atlanta now, um, and, yep. uh, and Daytona, that we shouldn't um, extend the laps more because we all know that it takes at least one lap, one good lap to get up to speed. Well, if you're on a restrictor plate racetrack and you only have one lap, you know, green, come into the green, the next lap is, the, is finally you're getting up to speed at the white, and, the, and then the checker falls. It's, it's, it's fraught full of um, opportunity to have wrecks. If, on the other hand, those laps might be five, where you get up to speed and the field sort of gets, a, kind of gets an opportunity to work its way out, then maybe you don't have the big crash arama at the end of the at the end of the event. Exactly. And so it's tough when 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 the restrictor plate makes it so that that first lap is almost a throwaway and everybody's so close and and man, you're gonna yeah you're gonna stuff's gonna happen. It's gonna fly and it's gonna happen and and uh, and no pun intended, but obviously uh, Taylor Gray was the flyer. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got a, I got a text from our crew chief and, and the crew chief says, well, we shortened that one up several feet. And, um, uh, you know, when, when Daniel was in the wreck and I will tell you that as a testimony to the NASCAR safety protocol, uh, not only was Daniel not injured, he wasn't even sore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, at, at the same time, he was, the, the big problem was he was, Unable to get out of the out of the truck because the steering wheel and column bent. So NASCAR has taken that back to the R and D center, and they're trying to figure out what what went on there. Um, so they had to cut the they had to cut the steering shaft to get him out. Well, the uh, the young man that flew through the air, uh, Southwest Airlines is going to award him a lot of frequent flyer miles, and I understand that he's going to have a a kitty cat painted on his hood. At Atlanta, because he landed on his feet. What do you What do you say? Yeah, I mean that was just, it was spectacular. But you know, the, I think what's more spectacular than what we saw is that everybody walked away uh, with nothing that nothing to speak of, other than an experience. And um, and so, well done, NASCAR. Uh, maybe we need to have take a little look at how we conduct uh, these uh, these final lap finishes on restrictor plate races. Maybe there's a better way. Um, maybe the way I suggested isn't the best way, but maybe there's another version that that, uh, that they could consider to try to get some separation on these uh, on these restrictor plate races. And then, uh, hey, uh, the rest, uh, you know, I think everybody would generally agree that the racing was pretty doggone good uh, all week. And um, I think we'd all like to see the better the, the better weather return, but. Uh, Really, some pretty pretty good racing. No doubt about it. Quite a speed week. No, and there's lots of discussion about the things you're just talking about about green white checker and the finishers of these races, and et cetera. Uh, we'll talk some more about that in the cup uh, cup series part of it of the show. But uh, yep, well, at least uh, uh, NASCAR listens to the drivers, listens to the fans, and they're always on top of it. No doubt about it. Randy, before we move to our local section, I'd like to play an interview with Dale Jr. We I had it for last week. But uh, I was going to put it in the rumors, but it's really not rumors. He's talking about the contract within NBC, which all of us are interested in seeing him back in the booth. And uh, that's still not settled. So I just wanted to uh, 
to uh, let you know what Dale Jr. has to say about this and get you the latest updates from Mr. Mark. Let's hear Dale Jr. Um, my contract with NBC is up. It was up at the end of last year. Um, I'm currently working through what that looks like for me. I definitely love being in the broadcast booth and want to continue doing that. We've had some great conversations with all of NASCAR's TV partners. My home and, and my love is at NBC, and I'd love to be back with them. So uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, but right now, man, I have I really don't have a job <laughs> in terms of broadcasting. <laughs> So <laughs> he doesn't have a job in the booth. We're hoping that gets settled uh, with NBC. As he said, he'd love to go back there. So uh, we're kind of watching this one, Randy. Well, I think, you know, it, it, the, it doesn't sound to me like there's a lot of posturing going on because when the, when the driver or when the broadcaster, former driver, says that's where he wants to be, he's, uh, he's, he's taken it. You know, he's kind of taken anything else off the table. So I think it probably is a matter of, you know, what's it worth? And, and there's always that debate and discussion. And, and uh, uh, I think you're right. I, I believe if you took a fan vote again, they, uh, in terms of who the number one announcer at NBC should be, it's going to be Dale Jr. Um, and uh, uh, we'll see how it plays out. I, You know, they have the luxury of being in the second half of the season. So they get, they maybe have a little more time, but I think you hear it in his voice. And I think you hear it in the, in the hearts of the fans. If you could get their, get their heartbeat that they would rather see him. They'd like to get this done sooner than later. I also think he heard, well, at least I, this is my interpretation of what he just said is that he's, he wants to be in the broadcast business one way yep. or another. Yep. Well, and he does a great job with it, uh, with a great amount of enthusiasm and, of course, his experience, not to even mention that he is Dale Hernard Jr. So we'll, we'll watch and see and keep you posted, fans. Right now we move along to the local section of the program. One Daytona, located across from the world's center of racing, is proud to present our local segment, where we talk with a local star in your part of the country following a big win, event preview, and much more. One Daytona in Daytona Beach is a vibrant destination offering an array of shopping, dining, and entertainment options, including unique events and live music suitable for families and individuals alike. Well, race fans, we had wind and rain and mud and fans scrambling for their cars and a demolition derby at the Daytona International Speedway. Wow, what a speed weeks we had. The weather showing worsening conditions throughout the day and into the night. Officials canceled the Dirt Car National Saturday finale at Volusia Speedway Park. With that, Bobby Pierce, World of Outlaws Case Construction Equipment Late Models, and Matt Williamson from the Super Dirt Car Series have been crowned 2024 Big Gator Champions. If you purchased a ticket in advance through the World of Outlaws for the event, you will receive a face value credit to your MyDirtCarTickets.com account, good for two years to be used toward any World of Outlaws event available. And not to be left out, the modified and late model veteran Kyle Strickler clinches his first Dirt Car Points Championship with two wins in Florida. At New Smyrna Speedway, it was rained out as well on Saturday, but on Friday, Greg Phillips from Charlotte, North Carolina, wins the Pro Late Model feature. And the winner in the Tour Modified, Matt Hirschman from Northampton, PA, takes the feature. Blake Clouser takes the LKQ Superstocks. He's from Lake Helen, Florida. In the Ashley Holmes Jacksonville Trucks, Jerry White takes the feature. 
And in the Florida Southern Ground Pounders Series, Toby Smith takes a win. Moving forward at the Volusia Speedway Park, the World of Outlaws Bike Jamboree begins on March the 3rd through Monday, March the 4th. And coming up on March the 9th, the Family Fun Night Mod Mini 56-Pack Series number 1 is happening at New Smyrna Speedway. At the Daytona International Speedway on Thursday, an exciting, exciting pair of dual races. And then on to the ARCA race with Gus Dean winning. And on Friday in the Craftsman Truck Series race with cars wrecking and flipping behind him in overtime, Nick Sanchez claimed the first NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series victory of his career in the Fresh from Florida 250. And due to all the rain, Saturday and Sunday's race were moved to Monday. And to Monday evening, Austin Hill makes it a three-peat at Daytona, winning the NASCAR Xfinity Series race. Hill beat former team teammate Sheldon Creed to the finish line by 0.591 seconds to earn his third straight victory in the Xfinity season opener at the World Center of Racing. And in the Daytona 500, William Byron continues to show us what a great race car driver he is, and he is the youngest Hendricks driver at 26, and he takes home the win and the big trophy for the Daytona 500. All in all, what a great speed week. That's all I've got for you. We'll see you right here next week. All right, Randy, do I, do I sound like a real professional uh, reporter in, in these pre-recorded reports that we do on Kicks Country? What do you think? Thank goodness you do it because it's, uh, it's, uh, it helps us keep, uh, keep, keep on schedule. I, I do want to make a comment when you have an opportunity about the, since you reported on the ARCA race. And, and yeah, go ahead, team. go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that one's, um, that one's, that one's pretty controversial right there. Um, that's what Gus Dean did. Uh, I mean, he won, and so you congratulate him. But he violated um, the one of those rules that uh, our sport has. You tell your you tell your your teammate what you're going to do, um, and then you don't do it. You're pretty much going to be on your own the rest of the the rest of the way. And um, I, uh, I I I just it's one thing. I heard him say, "Well, you know, you it's 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 Daytona, and you get you do anything you can to win." Eh, uh, that's once the race has restarted. But once you, when you tell your teammate you're going to do something, you have an obligation to do it. And um, I I think uh, well, it'll be interesting to watch and see at other places where he needs a teammate or could use a teammate to see. If that's going to be uh, if that teammate's going to be available, because uh, that was that's a pretty tough deal right there. What he did, uh, yes, controversial, unusual for teammates. Uh, yeah, you, you said it. it'll be interesting to how this see how this goes forward. No doubt about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so anyway, definitely, uh, Randy. Before we move on, we got another addition to the local part. We go to Waynesville, Georgia. And uh, NASCAR champion Kyle Larson joins five-time World of Outlaws champion Brad Sweet and 17 of the committed high rollers, along with Jonathan Davport, Ricky Thornton Jr., and the rest of the Lucas Oil regulars uh, uh, tonight at uh, at Waynesville. And that's going to be happening about 7 o'clock. Uh, and then Saturday, that is the Lucas Oil late model dirt races. And then Saturday, the high limit racing and Lucas Oil late model dirt series role so you, you can't keep kyle larson down uh but that uh, at golden isle speedway in georgia that's going to be something to see so if you want to see some more racing and you hadn't had enough get in the car now <laughs> that way that's big stuff this is good stuff we're seeing no oh, for sure and, and it's that's, that's what we that's why we call it the local it's locals to somebody and uh you know and, and that's not that terribly far away for us either so uh 
good. It's good that racing has kicked off. Speed weeks are definitely, uh, you know, launched, and uh, it'll just be interesting to see what happens. And you know, now everybody's on their way to Atlanta. Yes, and some more wild racing at Super Speedway Atlanta, no doubt about it. Well, and right on to the truck section of the program. The tough trucks of NASCAR are next up on the agenda, presented by Aaron Delgado and Associates. With over 110 combined years of experience in criminal defense and personal injury, Aaron Delgado and Associates takes pride in vigorously representing clients in various challenging legal situations within the community. Now, let's go trucking. Randy, we start out uh, with thoughts and prayers going out to Chris Hacker and his family. He is the driver of the number 45 charred flag Chevrolet in the truck series. And on his way to Daytona, a semi-truck and trailer rig crossed the center line and hit uh, Chris Hacker head on. He is in critical condition. I mean, I'm just looking at this report. Uh, ruptured spleen, which had to be removed, collapsed lung, internal bleeding, lacerated kidney, and a whole bunch more. This young man is in serious shape. Uh, was already asking if he could go home. But, uh, again, thoughts and prayers. This is a tough one on your way to the race at, at uh, Daytona. It is tough, and, uh, you know, that nobody wants to see uh, that happen to anyone, racer or not. That's just a very sad cir- uh, circumstance. And uh, But when he's asking to go home, that's a good sign, right? Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, the recovery takes, takes some time, and uh, we just wish him uh, a complete recovery in what, however long that it takes, just, just that he gets well. That's the most important thing. Well, I've got pictures of him here with a big smile on his face with a big incision uh, all the way across or down his stomach and a big smile on his face. So, you know what, Randy, uh, uh, God was with him. He is lucky to be alive in a wreck like that with all those injuries. It's just amazing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, the, those semis weigh a lot, and, uh, you know, they carry a lot of uh, lot of power. And, uh, you know, getting hit by one is not, not anybody's wish, I'm sure of that. So, uh uh, you know, I, I, I just again just want to see him get get fully fully recovered and and uh, you know living his life the way he wants to again. Randy, looking at the, uh, we like to talk about this because uh, if you listen to the media, it's just bad, 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 bad. The truck series ratings delivered a million fifty thousand fifty seven thousand viewers, and that is a jump uh, of three percent. Uh, on the average viewership over last year. So it just tells us that, uh, you know, people are anticipating the big night, as we've always done uh, in the truck series at Daytona, and ratings are strong and looking good. A lot of people yeah. at the race. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's a lot of people at the race for sure. It was, a, it, it was, it was something, it was pretty special. And, you know, I, you're right, the truck series is definitely something that, pay, that people pay attention to and we know it uh, i can i can tell you that we you know we use the uh, uh we uh use the race to stop suicide in car camera for that event we had multiple um uh, hits to our website several emails uh that um uh left oh my goodness just some very heart wrenching uh messages and uh but at the same time, some encouragement. So uh, we know that people were watching, and we know that people were engaged. Um, uh, and uh, so 
we're grateful for, for what Fox Sports 1 does uh, and for the product that the Truck Series puts out there for people to see. Um, and, um, you know, it was uh, clearly, for as far as the race itself goes, we were we were pretty pleased. We were very pleased with how we were racing. We, we kind of stayed on, on our plan um, and ran up toward the front most of the, most of the uh, event. And uh, other than other than the one time, we had to work our way back up. But otherwise, we were right up there. And, uh, uh, you know, Bill McAnally and, uh, and the team, uh, McAnally-Higelman Racing and, and uh, uh, Blake Bainbridge, our, our crew chief, and the whole group did such a good job of preparing and, and, and you know, having us ready to go. And obviously, uh, very, very good qualifying run. We, we qualified inside the top 10 on the first round so we got to go for the second round and and ended up starting the race in seventh position so it's a huge change from uh from last year uh you know going down there we didn't even get a lap of practice last year if you'll remember because of uh you know that the truck just wouldn't go and um uh so so to have this difference and and then get out there and compete and then we did have a pit stop we had a Really solid crew uh, that that knew what they were doing and were on on it. Uh, you know, albeit for a wreck at there at the end, um, we were certainly a part of the show. Yeah, Got no doubt about it. And as, and as you've already said, uh, with the race stop suicide camera in the car, I don't know what the numbers as far as people were at the track, but there was a lot. But that being said, and then a million fifty-seven thousand viewers uh, on TV. Uh, does a lot for the Race to Stop Suicide event. There's no doubt about that. Well, we'll do it again. We'll have Race to Stop Suicide on board, uh, on the onboard camera uh, in Atlanta uh, on Fox Sports 1 on, on Saturday at 2 o'clock. So, um, you know, be be watching, and uh, you'll get to see it from the from the seat. Well, maybe the passenger seat, kind of similar to the way the driver sees it anyway. Exactly, exactly. Before we take a break, let's go to our Xfinity section of the program. The NASCAR Xfinity Series presented by Daytona's Garage. Daytona's Garage offers more than just standard dealership customization. They provide a comprehensive range of services for personalizing and enhancing cars, Jeeps, and trucks of any make and model, focusing on both aesthetics and performance with affordability. Reliable service. Now back to Terry and Randy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we, we saw Haley Deegan get into an accident early, and the guys caught up with Haley uh, after that happened. So here's what she has to say. Yeah, it's the hardest part. I've had a bad relationship with Daytona ever since my first truck race here. So uh, it's been hard for me. I've never been able to kind of conquer or at least figure out what the right way is. Should you hang back? Should you go? Where is the kind of danger zone? Never been able to figure those things out. So uh, still working at it. But I think the next one will obviously be a little bit better, a little more, a little more at play. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Well, Randy, she said it. Uh, she said it there. I mean, the Daytona International Speedway uh, teaches a lot of lessons for uh, seasoned veterans and, of course, for young folks. Uh, Daniel can talk to us a lot about that. Um, so, you know, everybody's pulling for, for Haley, but that's that's uh, quite a track with the type of racing we see at Daytona. It's a tough one for, for rookies especially. Well, it is. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, 
It, and she's right. I mean, I, I listen to that. She, she, it's tough to figure out what do you do. Do you try to run up front and stay, um, you know, stay ahead of the trouble, or do you try to stay in the back and uh, and and just save it until the end? You know, making sure you don't don't lose the draft. And I, I think uh, uh, not knowing uh, when you go to the racetrack and not being de- de- decided on your plan is probably a little bit. Uh, of an issue, you, I think they need to. They'll, you know, she'll get to come back here uh, in July uh, or August. Like it's not July; it's August. Uh, and uh, uh, and maybe they have to. They need to make a plan. You know, they need to say, okay, we're going to just stay. We want to stay a part of the draft, but we don't have to be up front. And we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll bide our time until the last say twenty laps, and then get, then get after it. I, I think maybe that would help her confidence. You know, just to get laps. That's the way I would approach it. it based, on, especially based on what she just said. I think I would be saying, okay, the next super speedway place we go, this is the way we're going to do this, and uh, uh, we'll we'll wait. You know, we'll stay. We can't lose the draft because if you if you lose the draft, you're gone. But um, we'll 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 stay in the draft, but we'll stay in the back. We'll ride, and with 20 to go, we'll do all we can to get to get some positions. Well, we talked about it a lot. We'd have liked to have seen her. Of course, obviously, it, our opinion doesn't matter that much, but we would have liked to have seen her at least for another season in the truck series. You know, we we saw Danica get pushed up a little bit too fast and saw that end, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Also, I wanted to talk about a great attitude, and we've talked about it a lot with A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, the guys caught up with him after the, after the uh, uh, Daytona 500. He did well in the Daytona 500, and uh, obviously he's going to be running – mostly Xfinity series for the, for college racing. And, uh, he was asked about that. Chris Rice, the president of college racing said, we're going to see AJ Allmendinger in a lot of cup races, but you know, Allmendinger and something he said was it really stood out. Uh, he said, I want to keep help helping college racing any way I possibly can. So says a lot about, uh, AJ Allmendinger and the kind of guy he is. He's, he's just awesome. He looked great in the 16 car and the 500. Well, I think it does say a lot about about AJ, and uh, and it also says a lot about. Uh, I, I've already started to figure out the colleague culture, and the colleague culture is something that causes uh, a statement or a reaction or a feeling that that AJ Allmendinger has expressed. Uh, they have a culture of teamwork. If you watch the Xfinity race, Daniel and AJ ran together a lot. Um, I mean, a lot. And uh, and that was that was the plan, um, and then SVG became a part of that. Unfortunately, um, uh, Josh Williams had some kind of problem, and I'm still not sure what it was. Uh, and he didn't get to, to get to be a part of that very much. But they have a they really have. Uh, I mean, we talk about we you and I have talked about this a lot of times about quote unquote teamwork. Uh, this is truly a teamwork uh, kind of group, and uh, and. I think uh, AJ, his uh, his desire uh, is a, is a result of a culture that exists at Colleague. It's a little it's a little unusual for uh, for uh, this sport. So I completely understand what he said. Uh, we've only been a part of that culture for a short time, you know, since last fall, and um, but but uh, we're we're enjoying the culture for sure. And and you know you could see. They put together some pretty doggone good race cars. Daniel ran up in the middle of all that thing. He ran all the way up to seventh in the in the Xfinity race at one point. And that's uh, 
that's some steep competition there. No doubt about it. Well, A.J. Allmendinger is a great example for young uh, young fans and race car drivers as well. Before we take a break, i got to mention, too, uh, Call 811, which is Call Before You Dig, is going to be the entitlement sponsor for NASCAR Xfinity Series uh, at the Phoenix Race, which is a pretty cool deal, another great sponsor. And I forgot to mention before we go to break that Kyle Busch will be uh, driving a truck for Spire Motorsports at Atlanta coming up this weekend. So I can't believe I overlooked that one. That's going to be a big one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Introducing the all-new tractor and outdoor power equipment section at DeLand Motorsports and Outdoors. Now you can gear up for your outdoor projects with premium brands like Bobcat, Massey Ferguson, Shindaiwa, Echo, and more. Need a powerful lawnmower for that perfectly manicured lawn? They've got it. How about a rugged tractor to tackle those big projects? DeLand Motorsports and Outdoors has you covered. And let's not forget the Lawn and Garden Center with everything from weed whackers to chainsaws. Commercial or residential, DeLand Motorsports and Outdoors has the goods to keep you moving. So why settle for ordinary when you can have extraordinary? Visit DeLand Motorsports and Outdoors today at their new location and explore the thrilling world of outdoor power equipment. DeLand Motorsports and Outdoors, where the thrill of the ride meets the power of the great outdoors. Your journey begins here. If somebody knocks on your door or a telemarketer's on your phone, you know it's not us. Hi, folks, this is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. If you've been thinking about solar, we want you to knock on our door or call us. SolarFit's been a part of this community for over 47 years, and our customers love us. Couldn't say it if it wasn't true. Now's the time to go solar for your home or business. Give us a call at 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. Universe presents conversation about the NASCAR Cup Series, the pinnacle. In auto racing, just like Cup, Universe is also the leader of the pack as the uniform and facility service experts. Let's go back to our hosts, Randy and Terry. All right, looking at the Cup Series, and uh, let's look at TV ratings again. Uh, the Let's see here. That's amazing. Okay, I got it. Six million viewers for Monday's rescheduled Daytona 500, which is amazing in itself, getting moved to Monday at 4 p.m., but still six million folks. And there was a ton of uh, fans in the stands. I I couldn't believe it. I think a lot of call-in six on Monday. I mean, (laughs) I think probably half of your crew at the dealership was gone to the track, Randy. (laughs) There was quite a few, there's no doubt. And I was surprise as well i mean i looked at the crowd and went oh my goodness i I don't know that i've seen so many i mean it's one thing honestly for the race to be sold out and, and it'd be raced and on sunday and you see the massive crowd and you go wow that's a that's a you know but it's sunday to see the size of the crowd on a monday afternoon was just remarkable to me i i i'm not i think i'm probably more impressed with the 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 rain out version of the Daytona 500 than I would have been as it had, had it gone on on time on Sunday. I, I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe the number of people were there. And before I get off this, by the way, I want to congratulate Austin Hill. I mean, three in a row uh, for winning the race and RCR. Uh, that is a big, big, big,
big deal. And, uh, um, you know, if you watched him race, and, and again, I did watch him race because he and Daniel were, were, were racing very near each other often throughout most of that, that night. And, uh, so I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I was good. I watched him a lot. Um, but congratulations. That is a, uh, that, that's a feat right there now. Yep, we uh, we talked about that a little bit in the report, but we 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 call that a three peat, and that is an amazing feat, as you said, Randy, for anybody to for anyone to win one time at the Daytona International Speedway is a big one, but three in a row, uh, incredible, no doubt about that. Yep, for sure, no doubt. So here's here's a shocker, Randy. I, I know you're going to be blown away with this. Lots of fans are questioning the Byron win over Bowman. Everybody says, no, no, no. Uh, of course, the, the caution came out. The, uh, NASCAR held as long as they could. When those cars went into the grass, uh, you know, they had not hit the button, but when they came back up on the track, they had no choice. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier about how it goes in the last laps of the, uh, of the 500 and any race at Daytona. But they had to hit it under caution, so the win came under caution. But I, I've seen many, many tapes. It's very, very clear uh, that Byron won that race. It was very close, but uh, very clear. NASCAR doesn't make those kind of mistakes. Well, I think the question isn't whether or not Byron won the race. I think he absolutely won the race, no doubt. Uh, no, I don't take exception to him having won the race. My question is, and my thought is, <clears throat> there was enough time for the caution to have come out. And why did we wait? Now you heard, and your version was, well, we waited until the cars came back up on, on the racetrack, and then go, okay, well, we're going to have to throw the caution. Eh, you know, no, no disrespect, but many times, many times, we have seen the caution come out in a single car spin, when it clears, all the way down to the bottom of the racetrack and never comes back up the racetrack. So right. my only, my only comment is, is that. I think they need to examine what is and what isn't caution-worthy because it, I, I, I go back and, and would say to you that uh, I watched that tape over and over again. Um, race control makes the decision. Race control directs the flagman. You know, it, it, it goes something like this, put it out. Well, that time, just I want you to think about it. put it out, how long that took. Uh, it's enough time for them to get there. So the, the, the race control, though, has the opportunity to, to turn the light on. And if they're going to say put it out, then, then uh, you know, I think the moment those cars spun, that's when the caution should have flown. Because so many times throughout the season, that's what will happen. The caution will come out the moment the cars spin. Not whether they come back up the racetrack or clear or any of that stuff. It's not the way it works. And I think the caution should have, the, the race control should have said, put it out, turn the light on, and we would have restacked them and done it again. Now, problem is, we here we go again, right? Now we're going to have a green, white, checker, overtime, holy cow, big wreck, you know, likely, you know, so, so all I'm saying is, though, I'm not, you know, we already talked about that earlier in the program. Maybe there's a different way to do it. But I think you got to get try to get a little bit more consistency, and um, and I believe there was enough time to throw the caution 
uh, in that situation and done it over again. Now, if you're trying to avoid the big wreck, then then they, you do what they did. Well, it'd be interesting to hear uh, NASCAR's point of view and perspective on this. I haven't seen anything on that. I did. I got no press releases, nothing on that. So, but I would agree. Uh, and frankly, in the last two or three years, there's been a lot of questions as far as consistency on ruling. That being said, so maybe that throws more spotlight on it, and maybe some changes will be made. Also, Randy, uh, from driver perspective, uh, in your point of view, a lot of drivers complaining about uh, the a lot of fuel mileage racing uh, in the first half of the stages and a lot of talk about, you know, okay, well, maybe there's not a caution after each stage, et cetera, because, yep, a lot of fuel is burned and a lot of, com- a lot of fans complaining, hey, man, you know, they're hanging back and it's, they're worried about fuel and et cetera. Your thoughts on that one? I've thought about that a lot. Um, you know, are you going to uh, – it's kind of like uh, back in the day, if you, if you didn't have the caution, okay, Back in the day, way back, they used to have a halfway point, a halfway leader, and there was a pretty significant payout for a ha- for a halfway leader in the race. Which the whole design of that was to, you know, to get people um, to race, uh, not just lay back. There were ba- way back in the day there were lap, uh, you know, lap money. So you finished each lap, you got you made some money. I think they, you know, that's kind of gone away. But, but, uh, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be unprecedented, in my opinion, to have a you know stage can end at thirty, but it doesn't mean it ends with a caution. It it ends with a, it just it just means that's where we're going to award points right. for the first thirty laps. So I, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways to go. I, um, I don't believe, quite honestly, that it's as much about fuel economy as it is about preservation. It's Daytona. It's Daytona. It's the Daytona 500. They're just riding to try to make laps to keep their car in one piece, kind of like what we talked a little bit ago about Haley Deegan. Maybe that's right. maybe that's what she should do. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, yeah, you're going to get some better fuel economy by not running it wide open, uh, for sure. Uh, but I really don't believe that was the primary reason. Uh, for some of these guys laying back, it was don't lose the piece. We want to have be able to race at the end to win. Right, exactly. Uh, we're going to have to move quickly on this, so not a lot of time to discuss this one. But uh, you know Richard Childress, and uh, he's a great guy. But I wouldn't want to have him mad at me. Uh, Kyle Busch comes back and finishes twelfth. Drove a great race. Randy, his crew team let him down three times. And uh, yep. uh, I didn't see a lot yet on Richard Childers' comments. There were some, uh, but there there might be some changes right there because he he had to Kyle had to overcome three different times on screw ups that the crew made. I think what what Kyle Busch did on the on that lap, I mean, completing the entire lap with the left front wheel all but ready to fall off, oh um, and and not destroy a race car. May have been if I was if you know they used to have the the, the the cool move of the race award or all that stuff. To me, that was the best move of the entire race. I, I I marveled at his ability to get that car back to the pits without the wheel falling off, destroying the race car, and making it essentially would have been a twenty to twenty fifth place finish. And what he was able to accomplish in that was just incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, and, fans, and so right. don't be surprised if you see us uh, around town with the Kyle Busch 
t-shirt on just, just saying yeah. no doubt about pretty that. special what he did yep yep all right we move on to the rumors and silly season section of our program sponsored by space coast credit union and uh we got some audio right now um about the nascar negotiation that we know about contract etc so we're gonna we're thank our buddy eric Eastep for this comment so mark let's have that one all weekend long at Daytona, bombshell reports were dropping left and right. On Saturday morning, 15 NASCAR Cup Series team owners, including Rick Hendrick, Roger Penske, Michael Jordan, held an in-person meeting and invited NASCAR representatives to attend. NASCAR declined. Curtis Polk of 2311 Racing told the Associated Press, quote, We want to make a deal, and we are just looking for a fair deal. There is no give and take. We've been told this is all there is. There is no flexibility. That's not a negotiation. The AP also reports that NASCAR has stopped meeting with the committee that was made up of Curtis Polk of 2311, Jeff Gordon of Hendrick Motorsports, Steve Newmark of RFK, and Dave Alpern of JGR. Instead, according to reports, NASCAR is trying to meet with the teams individually ah well so the saga continues randy and, and lots of talk about it and going forward and backward and uh uh boy it's i don't think anyone knows exactly how this is going to come out well i i'm going to say this i think that there's got to be uh, you know I, i'm not a fan i'm just saying i'm not a fan of the of michael jordan's representative um you know uh he i just don't uh, I, I don't think he has the time and grade in the sport, especially to uh, to represent everybody's interests. Uh, he, I'm sure he represents Michael's interests. And, and by the way, contrary to what I just said, I have tremendous respect for Michael Jordan um, and, uh, and 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 who he is and how he conducts himself and so on. I am not surprised that to see NASCAR go back to the individual teams and have a conversation where they can be much more candid and open and direct with, with NASCAR and NASCAR with the individuals than in a group where you got to sort of posture some. So yep. I think ultimately the individual negotiations, the individual discussions will be fruitful and there will be an agreement and they'll be on their way and we'll put this behind us. Um, uh, you've got to, you, you got to, uh, you've got to have an individual conversation. And I think the Rick Hendricks and the, and the Steve Newmarks of this world and, and, and the JG, JGR guys will individually uh, figure this out and we'll be, we'll be fine. Uh, I, I don't think it's something worth being distracted about. Nope, I, would, I think you hit it exactly right on the head right there, and, and NASCAR knows best, and you said it. The, the guys with the experience sitting down individually, uh, yeah, that'll make it happen. We're going to get it figured out. Moving right along, Steve Phelps says NASCAR could go north of the border and south of the border in 2025, and there will be no Coliseum race. We, we kind of anticipated this one, Randy. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> A lot of people have said that, no doubt about it. I'm yeah. certainly one of them. And, uh, yep, it's time to, time to move along, but we've kind of already established ourselves. We, NASCAR, have uh, established ourselves north and south of the border of Canada and Mexico. So 2025 might be the year we see some interesting things happen. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I think I know there was a big push to try to get um, to try to get to Canada this year. And it just I mean, they just couldn't get it worked out. 
So I, I would certainly believe we'll, we'll be back, we'll be in Canada next year. Um, gotcha. And uh, hey, you know, I mean, they, they, they in Mexico, um, we'll see. Uh, I he will just see. That's all I can say. We'll see. <laughs> There's a lot of we'll sees going on in NASCAR. Speaking of we'll sees, and as we finish up, and before we go to motorcycles, a lot of rumors and questions about, you know, why did Jeff Gordon retire, et cetera. Uh, we've got a piece here. Joe Buck sat down with Jeff Gordon about that very, very uh, fact. And, Randy, you'll be able to relate to this one. Uh, let's go to Jeff Gordon. Why did you decide that 2015 would be your last year? Yeah, so I started having some back issues, some lower back pain and spasms and, and pain in the car uh, probably around – I mean, it probably even goes back to 2005 or six, but it really started getting bad around 2010. And and I I started working on it, physical therapy and different things. And I went to Rick Hendrick and I said, Rick, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do this. My body is just not doing well. I'm in a lot of pain throughout the race and every time I get out of the car. Randy, that kind of sizes it up, and uh, with some injuries you had, and we see see lots of our our favorite drivers retire. I mean, the body can only take so much after so many years, right? Yeah, well, that's true, and and I, and I think you'll see that it's not it's not just racing, but it's uh, in all sports. So you know, Tiger Woods is a great example of you know a, a tremendous competitor, and some would argue the best golfer to ever play the game. Uh, I, I would say, I'm not sure that I. Can, Concur statistically, uh, Jack Nicholas is the best golfer to ever play the game, but but his body uh, is just—I mean, it's it's beat up, and and he, he has a very difficult time competing and and staying, you know, and being able to finish. And I think, uh, uh, you know, I I have some friends uh, that play other have played other professional sports. I, I I shared with you one time about John Stallworth, who was a you know, a Hall of Fame uh, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, I asked him one time why, you know, it seemed like he quit early. That's what it felt like to a Steeler fan. And uh, he said, yeah, his body was just, uh, you know, he was he was concerned about getting hurt, and he had been hurt, and he wanted to be able to walk when he got done playing, playing the game. And so that's kind of similar to what you just heard Jeff Gordon say. It's, it's surprising what a lot of people don't understand is how, hard this sport is on your body and uh, uh, it's 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 a lot and you got to try to protect it and you got to remember I think the most important part of this is what's the quality of life going to look like after the race car we talked about that with Kurt Busch we talked about that with us we talked about how great it was that Kevin Harvey could leave with his uh, body intact and be able to live a quality life after after racing and I think that's really what Jeff Gordon just said. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. You can ask Mr. Blaney about how his body feels right now after what we saw uh, at Daytona this week. But, yeah, a very, very, very good point. I'm glad to hear Jeff come out and talk to us about that. Meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, we end the show uh, with our friends from DeLand Motorsports. Bike Week is coming. The 83rd annual Bike Week at Daytona is going to be happening March 1st through the 10th. Start kicking off at uh, with motorcycles at the Daytona Supercross on March the 2nd. The Ricky Carmichael Amateur Supercross on uh, March the 5th. Oh, man, don't miss this one. Short track racing on March the 7th. And uh, the Daytona 200 on the 9th. The dirt track is going to be uh, the 7th and the 8th. And then 
the 200 on the 9th of March. Wow. Uh, if you love motorcycles, and even if you don't, that's that's some racing, Randy, that everybody needs to see out there. And you're going to have some motorcycles running around Daytona. I've experienced many bike weeks. It's always amazing to see all the people. Uh, and it's big time. So thanks to all the folks at Land Motorsports for bringing it that. This is their week, kind of, as far as local. Yeah, it is. I'll tell you something else, though. That place, is, it's, if you like bikes, it's, they got them. If you like tractors, they got them. If you like lawn equipment, they got them. You know, I walk in that place, and I go in there to get one thing, and I come out with six. And, and it's um, so, uh, you know, good that they are truly, they're, they're, they're known. They got into the uh, into the uh the business, uh, um, you know, to be in the bike business, uh, but they do so much more than bikes. You got to go down and see this massive location just into Orange City as you're going south on uh, 1792. It's uh, it's impressive. It's really impressive, and you know, it's kind of, uh, but it does fit the Land Motorsports and Bike Week. They go together. You know, Randy, speaking of that, and uh, your brother's not returning my calls. I've called and called <laughs> over there trying to get him to uh, let us have some lawnmower races and put together some lawnmower <laughs> racing or have us give us some lawnmowers so we can put together some lawnmower racing, you know, maybe uh, in the parking lot at One Daytona, but he's not calling me back. What's up? I don't know. I, I, I've got, I keep, I've asked him about a, a lawnmower as well, and he tells me what he's got. I'm afraid to go in there because I'm afraid he'll come out with it. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, I haven't gotten and looked at it yet, but I, I, that day's coming here soon. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, meanwhile, we'll let you know as far as uh, lawnmower racing at one day, Donna, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, we go to Atlanta. Trucks at 2 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Xfinity Saturday at 5. And then the big cup race on Fox at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Atlanta's always interesting, and that track is in great shape. And uh, it's going to be fun. So check it out. Also, uh, get ready for the racing at, of course, Daytona International Speedway for Bike Week and get ready for Bike Week. It's going to hit you. Spring is here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you here right next right next week on Trackside. Thanks a lot. Something like that, but I'll see you at the racetrack, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and with the checkered flag waving, we're wrapping up this week's edition of Trackside. Fear not, race fans, because we'll be back next week. Proudly presented by Document Technologies. Tune in for a fresh new episode packed with engaging interviews, captivating conversations, and all the exhilarating moments you've come to expect. Until then, keep the racing spirit alive, and we'll see you next time on Trackside. <laughs>